version of um, the Jungle Book that came out a few years back. I think it was directed by um, by John Favreau. It was like before they did The Lion King. Um, it was pretty good, but I've got like an admission to make. So the the, the snake, um, they got it voiced by Scarlett Johansson, and like without going into too many details. Um, long story short, I now have some pretty confusing sexual feelings about the snake from the movie Jungle Book. Um, you know, not the cartoon version. He's a bit of a dummy, but the 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 Scarlett Johansson car I think his name is car um yeah like I'd fully let her crush me um which is not a good feeling and it's not even close to being an appropriate in introduction to what is a very dark episode um but it's true basically anything that Scarlett Johansson does I, I want to be involved in like she she just she's a bad influence on me for example I watched um the Spike I think it's Spike Jones movie her um where she plays like a, a really sexy computer program and and now i want to date my google pixel pro um and and i watched uh black widow and now i want to sue disney um and i watched uh, ghost in the shell and um and nothing i'm i'm not a racist i promise anyway like i said weird introduction um <laughs> and not even close to being the appropriate tone for the rest of the show but regardless welcome to man eaters uh, the only true crime podcast on the internet uh, where all the killers are animals i'm your host james uh, but you can call me uh mr uh, Lampropolis. Um, no, no reason. I just felt like being a little Greek today. Uh, yeah, and welcome to an episode entirely devoted to man-eating pythons. I've been really excited by this episode because there's a lot of really interesting stories about pythons. They're not as dangerous as people would expect, um, but the stories that you hear today are kind of like on the, uh, the extreme side of, of what can happen with these. So a little bit of a warning, and I think I'll talk about this <laughs> in a second when we record the story, but uh, I do want to preface, it is probably going to be a darker show, um, probably one of the darker episodes that we've done up to this point. So uh, yeah, just a little trigger warning there for you guys. Um, so I'll give you another opportunity to duck out later on. But yeah, that, that's basically it. We're going to jump into the story now. Uh, but before we do, please, uh, please follow and subscribe to the podcast. Nothing happens until you do it. You. Oh, thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. And Gwen, thank you. And who? Benjamin, my man, thank you. And the rest of you who aren't uh, those three, who aren't Jeremy, Benjamin, and Gwen, uh, you can go uh, uh, well, sit on a spike. Okay, time for the story. Before we get into the details of this story today, I just want to say up front that this is a pretty upsetting episode. Um, it does involve the death of several children, um, and I'll be playing a really emotional 911 call later on. I just want to be upfront about that because I know that during research for this, I found myself getting really upset about some of the details and a couple of the stories. Um, so look, if you don't feel like being upset or feeling bad today, <laughs> you maybe just skip this episode. Um, but you know, but but still follow and subscribe before you go. I love you very much. Uh, are you still there? This is your last chance to duck out. Okay, you good? brave boy all right well <laughs> let's just keep going um let's just jump into the story so today we're going to talk about three stories about people who have been suffocated killed and in a couple of cases eaten by pythons just a little bit of context here pythons are a family of non-venomous snakes native to africa asia and australia pythons are ambush predators and use their camouflage coloring to hide and then strike as their prey passes by 
different species prey on different types of animals. Smaller species of python can prey on animals about the size of a house cat. Larger snakes can kill anything as large as a deer or an antelope. Attacks on humans are very rare, but they do occur, uh, obviously. Otherwise, we would not be talking about them on this podcast. So contrary to what most people believe, and I include myself in that, uh, pythons don't actually kill their prey by crushing them. A lot of people just assume that from the way that they coil around and restrict their food that they're crushing the animal to death. That's not true. What they're actually doing is suffocating them. The animal or human is squeezed so tightly that they have to exhale to breathe. Um, when they do that, the snake actually tightens around their chest so tightly um, that their lungs and ribs can't expand to inhale again, and the animal uh, asphyxiates. Um, the cause of death is most often cardiac arrest. The snake then swallows the victim whole and digests them. The risk that python pose to humans is minimal. Um, the main risk is viral and bacterial contamination. Pythons are disease vectors for multiple illnesses including salmonella, chlamydia, leptospirosis, eremoniasis, and campylobacteriosis. <laughs> and I think I pronounced every single one of those incorrectly. Uh, except chlamydia. I'm familiar with that. Uh, not, not in that way. Uh, anyway, <laughs> This is a serious episode, why am I joking? Humans can get sick and even die from contact with excreted waste, open wounds and contaminated water sources. Pythons are commonly kept as exotic pets and most countries have little to no restriction on keeping pythons as pets. Indonesia right now is facing a problem with pythons being illegally captured in the wild and sold. The buyer is then told that these were raised in a snake farm. Up to 80% of the 5,000 green tree pythons exported from Jakarta each year are illegally taken from the wild. Our first story occurred in 2013 in New Brunswick in Canada. On August 5th, 2013, Noah and Connor Bath, ages 4 and 6, were killed by a domestic African rock python. The boys were having a sleepover at their friend's house. The apartment they were sleeping in was above a pet store owned by the boys' friend's father, Jean-Claude Savoie. According to an interview given by Jean-Claude after the event, the python was not in the pet store that night. Rather, it was being kept in a specifically built enclosure in the apartment upstairs. On the night of August 5th, the python escaped the enclosure through a small hole in the ceiling. Earlier that day, a ventilation fan had been removed for repairs. This hole in the ceiling gave the python direct access to the apartment's ventilation ducts. The python slithered into the vents and went exploring. The snake entered the ducts right above the living room where the boys were sleeping. The ventilation duct then collapsed due to the weight of the reptile and fell through the roof right above the boys. The python then allegedly constricted around the boys, killing them. The police were called and found Savoir at the front of the apartment complex pacing. He was wearing shorts and his hands were covered in blood. He told the police the snake was still unaccounted for. The python was soon located and was eventually euthanized. An autopsy on the brothers found that the cause of death was indeed asphyxiation. There was notable scrutiny of the story when it came out. Any python experts saying the behavior displayed by the alleged actions of the python were out of character for what was typically observed in African rock pythons. Jim Harrison, the director of the Kentucky Reptile Zoo, said that it was theoretically possible for the python to restrict the two boys at the same time. He also noted that the boys had been in contact with farm animals that day, including horses, llamas, goats, cats, and dogs, and the smells could have confused the snake and contributed to its decision to constrict them. It's important to note that the snake did not attempt to swallow the boys after killing them. Although the pet shop was registered to sell reptiles, that particular province in Canada did not allow pythons to be bought, sold, or kept, and the owner likely did not have the necessary paperwork needed to keep one. In 2015, the python's owner Jean-Claude Savoie was charged with criminal negligence. However, in November 2016, he was found not guilty by a jury of his peers. Our next story is also our most recent. 
In 2017, a 25-year-old man named Akbar Salabiro went missing after setting off for work in the western part of the island Sulawesi in Indonesia. On the morning of March 25th, a search party set out to look for him and the police were notified by his family. Two days later, a large reticulated python slithered into the backyard of Sulabiro, which was near a large palm oil plantation. People noticed it was having trouble moving due to its distended belly. Residents then cut the snake's belly open to find Akbar dead inside. People said they'd heard screams from the palm grove the night the Sulabiro went missing. Now this was the first confirmed case in recorded history of a reticulated python killing and eating a fully grown human. The process of retrieving Akbar's remains were documented in pictures and videos taken by the locals. A year later, also on the island of Sulawesi, a second known case occurred when a 54-year-old woman named Watiba was eaten by a python that had snuck into her garden. The United States is a country with shockingly few regulations about owning exotic animals. If you've ever watched Tiger King on Netflix, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. This is why it's not really a surprise that the final story is from America. And if you had to guess which state this happened in, what would you say? Yeah, probably right. Yeah, Ohio. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's not Ohio. Nothing happens in Ohio. Now, this story, of course, happened in Florida. On July 1st, 2009, a 2.6 meter long albino Burmese python named Gypsy escaped her enclosure and slithered into the crib of two-year-old Shyana Hare. The infant was found the next morning, squeezed to death with bite marks all over her body. Gypsy was owned by Shyana's parents, Gerard Hare, and her boyfriend, Charles Dalnell, who bought her from a flea market for just $200. This was not the first time Gypsy had escaped her cage, which was not a purpose-built enclosure, but simply a glass terrarium with a cloth tarp pinned on top for a lid. Jaren's mother had frequently expressed concern about the snake and the potential danger it posed to Shyana and the other children living at the house. She regularly offered to buy them a proper enclosure for Gypsy and repeatedly offered to buy the snake food as the couple were often too poor to afford it. All offers were flatly rejected. By the time the python had killed the baby, it hadn't eaten for a month and its last meal was simply a roadkill squirrel. The couple went to bed that night at around 11.30pm. About an hour later, Darnell woke up to use the toilet and tripped over something in the hallway. It was Gypsy. For the second time that night, the snake had escaped, so he decided to put it in a mesh bag and back in the enclosure for the night. Unbeknownst to him, the bag had a tennis ball-sized hole in it. The next morning, Charles woke up and went to check on Shiana. He was horrified to find Gypsy wrapped around the baby, with its teeth buried in her head. He grabbed the knife from the kitchen and stabbed the python repeatedly until it let go of her. He then called 911. 911, do you need police? Fire warning. Yes, it's an emergency. Okay, what do you need? You need a police fire or an ambulance? I don't know, the baby's dead. What address are you calling from? A stupid snake got out in the middle of the night and strangled the baby. Okay, stay on the line with me. I'm going to get you over to an EMS dispatcher. You need to answer all the questions, okay? Yeah. What is the address of your emergency? <laughs> Okay, and are you in a subdivision or a mobile home park? No, I'm at the house, and we're right on the road. Okay, and what's your name, please? Okay, and what's the problem? Tell me exactly what happened. The, the, our snake, we have a Burmese python, and she's about 12 foot long. She got out of the cage last night and got into the baby's crib and strangled her to death. Stay on the line, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
I do have help on the way there for you, sir. I need to ask you a few more questions, okay? <coughs> when the police arrived, they found Jaron and Charles sobbing. They also found the snake was injured but not dead. The couple signed away ownership of Gypsy to the Fish and Wildlife Service. The Fish and Wildlife Service discovered the snake was severely underfed and weighed only 6 kilograms. In comparison, a female Burmese python of her length in the wild could weigh as much as 25 kilograms. In 2011, Charles Darnell and Jaron Hare were charged with third-degree murder, manslaughter and child abuse. In the trial, the jury learned how Jaron's mother had offered to buy food, enclosures and even offered to buy the snake itself off of them out of fear for Shayana and the other children that lived there. The jury also learned that a child welfare agency had visited the family earlier in the year and saw the snake, but was more concerned with Hare and Darnell's drug use. They left the couple with custody of their children after they signed an agreement to only use drugs in the bathroom, where the children couldn't see them. A lot of people were upset by this and an investigation was launched into that agency. The couple's defense lawyers argued that Gypsy was a gentle snake and a family pet of five years and no one could predict what could have happened. The couple was found guilty of all charges and sentenced to 12 years in prison. Shayana's biological father, Joey Gilkerson, said that he thought justice had been served and that he was bothered by the couple's lack of emotion during the four-day trial. Joey sued the Department of Family Affairs and settled out of court. The details of the settlement are still unknown. Gypsy survived being stabbed and was taken into the custody of the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. She was recently reported as being alive and well and was being used to help train members of the armed services at an Air Force base where they have a natural resources management team. Charles Darnell and Jaron Hare will be released from prison in 2023. Whew. Oh, those are pretty dark stories. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, man, that 911 call for the Gypsy story, that fully gets me. Gypsy, by the way, racist name, but not really the time to bring it up during the middle of the story. The, um, yeah, the sound of that dude's voice in the middle of that 911 call is pretty chilling. Um, all of the stories are. The, the ones particularly involving children are quite heartbreaking, but that's the reality of pythons is that they don't generally attack humans. Like we said, that, that guy in Indonesia and that woman in Indonesia, they're like two of the only recorded cases of that ever happening, and they were very recent. Um, it is children who are at risk. So, you know, I'm not saying that pythons are bad pets. Um, I would not keep one in my room, but then again, my room is the size of a small shoebox, so probably don't have room for a python anyway. Um, but look, I, I, if I had a child, I probably would not keep a python uh, anywhere, anywhere near it. But I don't have a child. Um, so there you have it, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Man Eaters. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, like I said in the intro, please follow and subscribe to this podcast so that we know that you enjoy it. Otherwise, I, there's just no metric for me to find out apart from uh, listenership, which is pretty good. I'll say that much. Thank you for listening if you have already. Um, this is, like I've always said, every episode, it's a really fun time to making content like this uh, and I appreciate the opportunity. So yeah, I'm going to uh, head on out. Also, uh, if you heard <laughs> birds and uh, motorcycles in the background of this episode, I tried to edit them out. If you heard them, I obviously didn't do a good enough job. I apologize for that. I recorded at a different time than I usually do. Uh, it's, it's currently 4 p.m., um, usually I record in the middle of the night just to get all those sounds out. Uh, my neighbors are very noisy people, so I've decided to uh, try something different and it might have panned out. But who knows, maybe maybe you don't hear it at all and this is um, useless. This is just useless chewing up time. It's filler. That's all this is. It's filler. Filler for what? 
There's no time mark. There's no mark that I'm trying to get to. I prefer to do a shorter episode. Why am I still talking? This makes absolutely no sense. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, do a really inappropriate thing now and try to finish on a joke. So I'm going to say, see you later. Because, <laughs> oh, it's because of the snake thing. Where, oh, where'd you go? Everyone, everyone deleted the podcast. Insane. It's not even out yet. And people are deleting it. I just got cancelled. This is unfair. Oh, all right. Well, I might see you next episode. I might not. I might be uh, banned from Twitter. Who knows? Have a good day, everybody. Bye.